My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. We're not live on Facebook anymore just yet. Hey, welcome back to Conservative Daily Podcast. <laughs> we are. We are, actually. We're not. I just hit <laughs> it. Just it. Went we're live. It just went live. It just went live. Okay. Every time I Sorry. do it, I have to reset the streaming key because they keep changing us. They keep changing it because they don't like truth. It sounds so familiar, doesn't it? You know, I put this up there, and I want to I send it to you because I want to start off by this. We have Tori up here, by the way. We have, we have Tori up, and I, w- I want you to know, it's Terpsahori Modis. I think I said that right. That's pretty close. That's the pretty best good. I've ever heard you do the name. Terpsahori. And I've followed her forever. I have followed her forever. And there is some crazy stuff that she's uncovered. She was one of the first people to do a, um, for, for those of you that don't know, she was one of the first people to do a affidavit back in December of 2020 and um, has been standing up and talking about the thing that we keep talking about, which is source code. How do we get access to the source code? How do we get to the place where we can get access to the information inside the machines? And I I think is, is, is Tori on? All right. Drum roll. Tori, come on in. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, your thank mama you had you, but I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That source code is going to be the enchilada right there. Well, and we've seen video after video and testimony after testimony, and everyone knows that if you don't have the source code, we can get to all of the evidence that shows where it points to. It's like, there, it's right there, it's right there. The murderer ran right into the middle of there, and there's only one person there, and it's the machine with the source code. But you've been talking about this for a long time. So for those that don't know you, which I think everyone does know you, but those that don't know you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm an unconventional whistleblower. Um, I that's am, what I called you. Yeah, I am. And and the thing is, I'm extremely polarizing because we're in an era of tribalism. So if you step out of the red or blue cage, you're immediately, you know, disliked because it's it's clearly a revolutionary act to think for yourself these days and to speak common sense. So you know. Um, when I say unconventional whistleblower is because a lot of people like me never come out into the spotlight. You don't hear about us ever. 
We conduct work in the shadows uh, within the United States and outside. Uh, you know, we don't have any protections because we engage in activities that are treasonous, not only to our nation, but to, you know, we actually take over countries. <laughs> we conduct riots and color revolutions and, uh, you know, steal elections and we overthrow governments we don't like. And I was part of that. And um, uh, one might say, you know, what made you change? Well, I have been whistleblowing in the dark, you know, since I, I believe 2006 was the first time I sent something to Congress, you know, um, anonymously. And then uh, after I rigged the Ukrainian 2014 elections, I was caught uh, in uh, blowing whistles uh, earlier. And so I was terminated. And when you're terminated in my community, uh, there's two avenues. One, you know, you die in the darkness. Two, they destroy you, reputation-wise. Like, you can't get a job, you're blacklisted, uh, and, and, and they just attack you. And we're not talking attacks like, oh, you know, trolling you or putting out memes, but they lawfare you to the ground. And we've seen that happen. A lot of people are concerned and can't speak up, just average people, not people like me that may or may not have evidence to lock people like John Brennan up away for a long time, right? We're talking average people are terrified to speak up and point out that things are wrong because they are bullied into submission or shamed or harassed. And, and some people, well, most people take their life. And, and, and we all know that. We've seen that over the past six years, how that happens. So um, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm running for Secretary of State in Ohio right now. Uh, no one is even recognizing the fact that I have achieved to get on you know, the ballot as a statewide independent that has never happened before in the history of Ohio. Uh, I am uh, marginalized as a candidate because I am a minority party because there is no party. And um, I'm, I, I am not allowed to have poll workers uh, observe the elections. You are only allowed to observe elections if you're a Democrat or Republican. Any other party has no say in anything. So they've already put us in these blue and red cages and said this is where you stay nothing and, and, else. And, no, and no access to being able to have people watch the elections you can't watch no. you can't watch you can't no. have your own observers that's why this lawsuit that you um and, and i don't know if we have that real quick i i did want to before we do that i did want to go into and talk about what i think is important um and that is your affidavit that you, yes. I mean, if, 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 I, if, if you're okay with me going through the affidavit in 2020, um, this affidavit, you signed it um, on 12 1 of 2020. Um, actually, it was November. Um, it was longer, but I was uh, advised by, you know, the lawyers, you, you need to keep it sustenant and have it make sense. Um, so it was November. I think the end of November was the finalized copy. But everything in there has not been disproven at all. In fact, over all the activities of so many incredible Americans, it has further proven that I was right all along. And, um, so, you know, that that irritates demons. So, <laughs> so, so I want to I want to go back and talk about this because it's really important. You said that it was longer. 
right? Yes. Because yes. <laughs> I wrote an entire, I wrote this diatribe, but I like threw up on paper and the lawyer's like, cut all this out, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. He goes, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll amend it later. <laughs> I went, guys. Yeah. And he goes, well, the substantive stuff is in there. And I went, but it doesn't, I can't, it doesn't follow the flow. And they're like, Joe, don't worry about it. We just need to get this in. And they did the same thing. They cut it out, which I think takes away from the spirit of, I mean, it makes you sound like a little bit of a nut when you talk about, hey, doing the research on this and looking at, you know, the, the quantitative issue related to how you came, mathematically how you came up with this. You know, it, it makes it impossible for you to, it makes it impossible for you to get the story across because people then can't understand it. But anyway, tell us what's in the affidavit. Well, in the affidavit, it, it clearly spells out that um, the machines themselves hadn't been certified uh, since it lapsed in 2017. 2017. Now, I, yes. And what happened was in 2017, I saw that myself. So I sent out letters to members of Congress and the Senate uh, you know, advising them that uh, the machines, uh, the EAC has not recertified the VSTLs, were, which is short for Voting Systems Testing Laboratories, right? And, um, and none of them bit except for Senator, I think it was Wyden from Oregon, that actually wrote a letter to Jack Cobb, who is the, who's also a defense contractor, by the way, right? And um, I have a lot of his things in there in that affidavit because they're very important. Um, he actually responded by sending in a letter on October 3rd, 2017 to Jack Cobb, reinforcing the importance of having uh, certified, uh, being certified by the EAC. Now, I also stated that the EAC didn't have a quorum for a year. And I was watching this because I was concerned that uh, there was going to be a big deal coming up with elections, a very big deal. And uh, myself and my friend Millie Weaver in 2019, I saw that software in operation in Kentucky. And, you know, this is where a whistleblower had provided information to her. Uh, I parsed through it, sanitized it, um, went through all that evidence in November of 2019 and saw the same thing was happening and they did that in Kentucky. Um, and that's where I wrote an article trying to walk people through with schematics on how this trap door works, right? Because what people don't seem to understand is when you put your ballot in and it scans it, it then gets encrypted, then gets re-encrypted, and then gets shuffled. And they say the shuffling is for the purpose of anonymizing votes. That's how I used to sell it to other governments, right? You don't want people to prosecute you for your beliefs, um, and this will save you. No one will see your vote. And so what happens is after it shuffles, it decrypts. But decryption has algorithms to instruct. And this is where the problem is. Now, this is where the like PID function, the fixed point outcome, that's why we see all the sliding scales and the smoothing out of getting to an endpoint of who wins the election. Yeah, it's predictive analytics. You know, what I like to call time travel in, in, in a shorter sense, right? Every computer geek calls it time travel, right? When you can predict based on uh, input. This is why they have early voting now, because then they can tweak the algorithm to assess how many votes are still outstanding so that it doesn't break. Because if people envision an algorithm like um, like goalposts, right? That whatever happens, we need this ball to go through these goalposts 
So however you do it, computer, you got to think ahead that you've got so many more votes to come, but that's the outcome I want. I want it in that goalpost. But if you have too many people coming, that starts to teeter top until it breaks. And that's what we saw in 2016. The algorithm was broken because the expectancy of how many voters came out to vote was insanely high. And uh, people saw that live. And this is why, you know, the Hillary Clinton camp didn't challenge it because they knew that if they challenged it, it would be evident. I mean, we did have like a crazy number of people come out in 2016, right? It was just insane. It, wow. it was insane, and it got beat by yes. a bazillion people <laughs> in 2020. Yeah. Uh, it's not even possible for them to have as many people that showed up. Yes, mathematically. Yeah, and, and I, that's why the algorithm broke. It works on math. It's not rocket science. It's clean algebra, right? We can all create algorithms that keep constraints. And usually, when you see that you have too many variables coming, like too many people coming in to vote, what you do is you go back in and you tighten up the reins of that goalpost so it doesn't crack. But they got caught. Um, they couldn't do it in 2016. And in fact, DHS got caught in Georgia trying to do it, if you remember. And Kemp at the time uh, was very upset with the whole, you know, push of the DHS being in the election machines, right? Why are they in there and what are they doing? What are they trying to do? And, you know, people have amnesia because as we're talking about elections, people think this is all about Trump when this question has been posed for two decades. You know, we had congressional hearings in 2005 that should have blown it wide open. And, you know, it seems that everyone is just driving a narrative. We're, we're living in the middle of the, one of the largest infodemics in history, globally. Right? We're constantly being misinformed. And, uh, you know, they're doing this intentionally to create information chaos so that they can come in and create parameters and constrict the information you have access to. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And this, these are Chinese tactics, by the way, right? And we know this warfare. It's, it's just terrible. Anyway. So, so we, we, actually have, um, we actually have your attorney on as well, Warner. Fantastic. And so I want to go ahead and bring him on. Warner, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Warner, we, we've been talking to Tori about uh, the, the going back to the affidavit, the algorithms and, you know, simple math. I, I do want to say that as I welcome you to the show, Tori, I've been looking into Eric Coomer at Dominion Voting Systems. Obviously, you know, my connection to serendipitously being, I call it Providence, um, on that call that led me to Dominion. Um, he's a uh, expert in, I would say expert, nuclear, he's, he's a nuclear engineer, right? And if you look at his, his uh, doctorate thesis that he wrote, it's on, it is on um, decay models, energy decay models, which, by the way, you, would need, you could use some of those, that math in order to create what is happening now with the vote. Anyway, I just want to point that out. Warner, you, you, have, a, you have a client that likes to get in the middle of everything, huh? Uh, she sure does. And we're, uh, you know, she has provided uh, really the people of the state of Ohio a very unique opportunity 
to deal with election problems. And, you know, it's something I've been interested in for uh, 20 years at least. Uh, I was friends with Bev Harris, who had uh, Black Box Voting. Uh, you may know that group. I was very concerned about elections issues for many years uh, when we shifted over to these electronic vote tabulation machines and things like that. You know, I, I've seen the analysis of the red shifting, the blue shifting uh, that's going on, the fractional voting. You know, so I was aware of all that. And Tory has provided us an opportunity in Ohio basically to fix the system. And her lawsuit uh, goes at that and starts to peel away at the onion of problems basically that we're dealing with. And, and really what we see is the federal government and state governments are spending millions, maybe billions of dollars on a problem that shouldn't even be there in the first place. It's very Correct. simple. We need to go back to in-person voting and have paper ballots that are hand counted. And you do that, all of a sudden we can all have trust in the elections. And it's a problem for both sides. Like you were pointing out, you know, I think there's a movie, I think it's called Kill Chain, where yeah. the Democrats are complaining about the election fraud. Okay, so the Democrats complain, the Republicans are complaining, but nobody's doing anything about it because, oh, if it's in your interest, Democrats, right now, you're not going to raise an issue about, oh, oh, there's a problem with the voting. But that problem hasn't gone away, and Tory is providing a pathway for Ohioans to fix it. And it's very simple. Counting has to be observable. That's under Ohio law. That doesn't mean the ballot goes through some machine that we don't know what's going on. We need to be able to watch the count occurring. You can't watch it in a black box. It's pretty much that simple. And if you're going to use black boxes, Ohio law also requires inspection of the processes. And as far as I'm concerned, that means we need to inspect the code, the hardware, the software in those black boxes. We need to have fully open uh, you know, systems in, in these elections. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. You, you know, you, you talk, I think it's brilliant how you've gone about this because it actually leads us right back to the source code. It leads yeah. us right back to why we don't need machines in, in, in our elections. 
we we know how the game is played. Now, I I got to ask you a question. Actually, this is a question for 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 Tori as well. Don't you think stealing the elections and the chaos that is created by Democrats and Republicans is actually designed to split the road in half and give each part each each party a, a seat at the table? For, but it's the same mission. They, they, they just want to make sure that they maintain power and maintain authority so that they can bilk off the American people. I think it's a two-party system. I think they both know that they're cheating. They're just talking about it so that it's they can a- blame each other. So they create chaos, leave us dazed and confused. We're looking around, like, what's going on? And then we go to our party, and the GOP has literally said, silence, quiet, stop talking about it. It's gotten too big. Democrats, misinformation. Republicans, misinformation. Isn't this a... I mean, it feels like they're they're running a scam on us. I, I think they are. We're all distracted and we're all up in arms. You know, whatever your party is, you're up in arms if you're if the other party wins or loses or whatever. But we, we have to get beyond that. And Tory is showing a path to restore trust in the elections, and that's critical and fundamental to our democracy. They are disabling our democracy with these machines, and they are disabling our democracy with all these accusations of misinformation and everything else. You know, let's have a let's have a fair and square debate about it. But you know, Tory's not going to get on national news. They're not going to let her. Uh, but you know, she is very capable of debating what's going on, what's been going on, and how to fix it. And the fix is so simple: we don't want the feds in our state and local elections. We want local people uh, dealing with the elections. That's it. That's the way to keep it clean and honest. How do you become Captain Obvious? You just stole my deal, Captain Obvious. (laughs) 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 And the crowd goes wild. Settle down, settle down, all of you. <laughs> I, that was it. that was incredible. See, that's the thing. They they like like my lawyer says, they will not have me on mainstream media. They can't attack my message because it's common sense. So they just attack me. And you know, there's theories from me being a reptilian alien to like even criminal things. You know, and I I can't fix that. And 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 it's because we're stating common sense. We're not. I'm not an election denier. I'm an election backer. I want fair and honest elections because our vote represents our First Amendment right. That is the most sacred right we have as it's Americans. Our voice. And yeah, yeah, that's it. That is our vote. Your voice is your vote. And I think every single American could come to the table and say, you know what? We're not going to reinvent the wheel. You can't hack paper. We don't need the federal government involved. China can't hack our paper. And not only that, let's get anti-counterfeit technology in our ballots to make it even more secure. That way, if you have to mail it off, I know it's legitimate. I mean, if I could check my $5 bill in the middle of nowhere at a gas station, I should be able to have the same type of technology in my ballot. And it's actual common sense. And, 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 and this is, like I said earlier, it's a revolutionary act to not subscribe to a red or blue cage and jump out of it and say, can we just all come to the table and just speak English uh, and, 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 and common sense here? And, and that has become so polarizing that I'm called an election denier when what I want is actual elections. And it makes no sense. Well, you know, I, I do. I want to. You're you're absolutely right. And and they use these mocking, bullying, and slanderous terms. And my lawyers and I have been sitting down, going, "Well, how do we, how do we sue each and every one of them and make it debilitating for every one of them because of the actual harm? Like they, 
pro proving that they have to say, you're an election denier, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. Show me where I'm a conspiracy theorist. Well, this. Well, great. I need access to the source code. So I need, if I get access to the source code, I could actually show you that all of this mounting evidence actually points to the fact that they're defrauding it, not just in Dominion, but ESNS, Smartmatic. They use the same architecture throughout all the systems. And it all flows up to CIDL, which goes up to Edison and back. It, it, is, it is highly complicating. Depending on the region, I would say, uh, they use different methods of cloud surfing it you know, mm -hmm. through. But, but regardless, right now, what um, what path has been forged here, and my attorney is just all of them have been just incredible. Is one for some reason, you know, and I'm pretty sure the GOP is regretting this big time now, right? Uh, you know, I had to run as an independent, and I know they're regretting it right now because not only does that demonstrate and start the conversation on how anybody that thinks outside of the corporate funded parties is not allowed to be on the ballot. They fought me so hard, you know, literally breaking laws and a clear violation of law that it sends a message to not only Ohioans, but the rest of America, that if you are independent and you do not subscribe to these corporate sponsored parties, then you are not allowed to have a voice. And that is also an argument I'm making because I can't have poll watchers because I'm not, I mean, my, 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 my lawyer can speak to that better, but think about it for a second. We are in an era of tribalism and they have put us in these boxes, you know, and if you step out of that box, you're either an alien, a criminal, a fraudster, crazy. And it's like, yeah, but when actually people listen to the message, it's called common sense. And apparently we're not allowed to have that. And, and, and this is where we're at. I think Warner can explain the whole poll watching issue and how Ohio has been scolded before by SCOTUS about that. I, I can. And, and there's actually two arguments that we're making. One argument is what's called equal protection, that Tory has the same rights as any other candidate. And the other one is under the First Amendment. It's the right of actually the voters and the electorate to affiliate with Tory and to be observers and to be inspectors of these machines. So we have a First Amendment and, a, uh, and an equal protection uh, issue in this case. So we're very excited about that. And, and Tori, I was smiling when you were talking because we already won one. I'm hoping we win another one here. We got her on the ballot. I don't uh, know. Just because we could count, uh, you know, we, we could actually <laughs> count. That's all it took—a simple math, elementary school math—and we got her on the ballot. One plus yeah. one. <laughs> literally, Two. I was at the hearing and I literally counted up to—I think it was twenty-nine to one day. But I literally counted, uh, you know, for the uh, judge that day. Yeah, oh. it, 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 I, I'm pessimistic. I think that we're going to have to take it to the United States Supreme Court. Um, in an expedited fashion because they don't want that. Yeah, they don't. They well, don't want people to be outside of the box. Well, let, let me ask you a question. You take it all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has uh, the ability to deny writ of cert, right? They can, they can deny it. They can deny even hearing the case. Right. I mean, they is, don't that have a, is that a really big fear? I mean, it, they, they get thousands of cases and then they just don't hear. Look what they did in Texas, the Texas lawsuit, which, would, by the way, was hemmed up and done very well. That should have overturned the election in 2020. Should have. 
what I want to say about that, though, is our theories are very simple and they are very fundamental. It's it's really very basic. Tory needs to be treated just like any other candidate. We're not asking for any special favors for her. We're just asking that she be treated normally. And then for the voters themselves, again, they have a First Amendment right to affiliate and to associate with Tory Maris's campaign, and they have rights under that First Amendment to actually observe the voting. So this is just very, very basic elementary constitutional law. I'm, I'm a simple guy. I'm making very simple arguments, and we need these judges, uh, and I think they will understand what we're saying. Yeah. Well, well, I will see because I, you know, I, he's optimistic. My attorney is optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic too. I, I have faith in the justice system that even though it is party affiliated judges, right. That when it comes to the law, that they can keep it simple to the law because, and, and for SCOTUS, I'm not concerned about it not being heard because this is fundamental, like uh, Warner said, and this comes down to the basic constitutional rights that we have as citizens, and it affects all of America, not just Ohio. And so, you know, if the Supreme Court of Ohio decides to, you know, reject this, we have federal questions there that we can pose, and we will ask SCOTUS to rule on this because in essence, you know, this is them. If they reject this, they are in essence saying that no one is allowed to be an independent thinker in Ohio. You are not allowed to be independent and that you must subscribe to either the left or the right, the red or the blue. You know, that's it. And I don't believe any judge would like to hat their hand, hat on polarizing citizens because we've had enough of that. And, and you know, but it is the era of tribalism, so I'm a little bit pessimistic, okay? Um, <laughs> I am. I, I, I wanna respond a minute though. I mean, the, the American people need to know for however messed up our system is, look at what our courts have done. The Article Three federal courts have thrown out the <laughs> mandates right and left. I, they made yeah. a mistake on the, on the CMS or the Medicare Medicaid mandate with the hospitals, but they got it right on the other ones. And I think they can fix that, um, you know, that CMS uh, mandate as well. So our federal and our federal and our state court put Tory on the ballot. So our courts are truly acting independently. And I'm not saying they're perfect. I, believe me, I, there's lots of problems in the courts as well. But the courts are saving our democracy for us right now. And, you know, it is very interesting to me to see this independent branch of government actually work the way it's supposed to as much as it has. And I think that's a story that's not being told, is how successful people who are fighting for these issues are being and, you know, as long as we can craft an argument that, that will work, uh, that is simple, easy to understand, and founded in basic constitutional rights, I, we really do have an opportunity with these courts, as we've seen already. But does it, does it matter what judge you get? I mean, I, I have an Antifa judge on the, on the case that I have in, in Denver. And this judge has literally bro broken every rule, every law, every, every uh, procedure, every... I mean, and has been on the bench for overruled a 20 year judge. I mean, everything. And how do you get past the, 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 the corrupt and, and just infiltration of the system and not getting caught in this political, let's just give it to this judge because they're getting ready to leave. And 
I mean, it's, it, this is a real thing, Warner. This isn't something we can ignore. I, I, I would not ignore it. But I mean, you, you know, we have overturned judges many, many, many times on appeal. I mean, I, I have done this for a long time. And the district court judges uh, in the federal courts uh, often get it wrong. And we often win those appeals. Uh, same thing with the state court judges. So your appellate panels, that's not just one judge. That's going to be three judges or, you know, or nine judges maybe at the Supreme Court. Uh, but, you, you know, when you get to those panels, that's, that's where there is some balance that starts to occur and some rationality and sanity often does, you know, emerge and come back to the surface. Okay, so I want to bring this up. Because it, it goes to the, the statement of time. Like, how much time do we have in order for this to happen? And this is not, this is not relevant to, to this case, Tori. But I need to, I need to you know, I, I had some questions for, the, for you, Warner, when, you, when Tori said you were coming on. Because I'm like, well, the, 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 the wheels of justice turn too slowly. They just turn too, it turns too slowly. Well, I just want to point out, you know, we filed in September to get Tori on the ballot, <clears throat> and we had an opinion in September. We filed in October for her to have observers and inspectors. I think we're going to have an opinion by the end of this month. And if it's against us, then we will very quickly have to try to get it to the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to have, you know, 10 days maybe. But uh, we, I have a printer standing by. They told me they can produce the uh, document in 24 hours, and we can get it shipped off to the, to the U.S. Supreme Court. What, why is it that your case is moving so quickly, yet there are other cases such as the one in... And, and these are questions, by the way, that people told me before Tori came on. Well, I want to ask this question. I want to ask, like, why did you focus on Alaska? Because people are wondering, how did you stay so laser-focused on, on Alaska when you, when you came out to talk about election fraud? So but these are I questions... I rigged elections in 45 countries, Joe. I know how they rig elections. I mean, I say this and people, you know, I don't care if you don't believe it. You can't change the truth. Say that you know, again. People say that again for the people in the back. They weren't listening. The people in the back. Say it <laughs> one more time, please. You did what? I knew because I've rigged elections in 45 different nations. And just because you don't believe it's true doesn't make it any less true. It's fact. And you, can, you can't believe facts. They simply are. When, when people say these things, it's like just because you're saying it doesn't mean, you know, your belief doesn't matter to the truth. It's, it's fact. Like <laughs> Sorry, we had to do that. People were starting to cheer. We had to calm down back there, please. Uh, 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 go ahead. I Sorry, want to answer Warner. your question. I mean, yeah. one of the things, so Ohio has a, special rules for election matters. So I file these as expedited cases under the elections rules. It's, it's very hard on us. I mean, we do have to turn around a brief in like three days and I've got a brief due tomorrow uh, on her case. So things, are, things move very quickly and you have to be ready to go. I've got a great team of attorneys here uh, and we just work together and, and get it done. And the other thing is, I mean, you know, even in the federal courts, if you're in a position for a TRO, you know, those TROs, you can go in, uh, file that TRO. If it gets ruled against, boom, then you can take it on appeal immediately. So there are ways to move these things more quickly. Um, I, you know, I'm happy to consult with any attorneys who want to know about, <laughs> you know, how to try to move these cases. Uh, but, but you can move them quickly. Beyond that, though, I mean, I share your frustration. I mean, justice delayed is justice denied, Right. And, and we have had cases that have lingered in the courts for years. 
And it is very frustrating for, for our clients. It's exhausting. And, uh, you know, but in election matters, there's, there's an urgency. And we're taking advantage of the uh, civil rules to speed the cases along. You know, I want to just bring this case up because my one of my lawyers uh, had this case, and you said justice delayed. And this is just an example. You know, I'm I'm not a, a right wing conspiracy theorist, uh, Tori. I think that you've done some amazing work. Your conscience pressed down on you. I've said this to you: like, stop leading with. I know I did this stuff, right? Stop leading with it. I said you're you're amazing. Like, I sat down and talked to you, and I was like. You're, I stood in front of you and I was like, you are amazing. Stop apologizing for what happened back in the rearview mirror because all the things you're doing now are going to lead to saving this nation. But this case, my lawyer has been working on this case for 16 years. This guy spent oh. 24 years in prison. 24 years in prison before he got, he got justice. Go ahead and put it up if you would, uh, Apollo. And, and I know it's not an election deal, but this is this is why there's such a breakdown. This is the guy that was in prison for 24 years, and that's my attorney on the left. And then, you know, just writing this out, she got his case. She couldn't. She finally couldn't win on the. It didn't happen. So you know what she did? She's like, let me just get the get it down to a a sentence that guidelines within the federal court that makes sense. And she got it down to 30 months. We'd already he already served 24 years. So, so we have sponsors that have been with us for a long time. This one has definitely been here a long time. This is Air Medcare Network. Today's podcast, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you travel a lot, if you even drive a lot, even if you don't drive a lot, this is good fire insurance. If you like to hike or spend time outdoors, you want to make sure your family's protected in a medical emergency if you ever need to be air medically transported with air medicare network you're covered for as little as 85 dollars a year your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported uh, simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com daily and use promo code daily and you'll receive up to a 50 dollars visa gift card when you sign up today now they also have an amazon card but we don't do business with amazon here on this show so please do not sign up for this and get the 50 dollars amazon gift card uh, because that is feeding the beast and we don't feed the beast so get that $50 um, gift card and sign up. You can go up to, I think the five-year membership is like 300 bucks or something. But uh, so it's even less. So it's $85 a year for your whole family. And then as you go up, it, it, it actually reduces. So airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Mm. Right? So this says sentence on count two from 30 years to 30 months. So he, he was able to walk within an hour of that case being heard at federal court. But how many lives get ruined in, in, in and we talk about elections because of, you know, stolen elections have consequences, massive consequences. It is actually killing people. It is actually committing crimes against humanity, against people and, and by not, not just stripping them of their voice, but the decisions that come after fraudulent selected people in office. So, you know, I, I don't want to belittle what you've done in Ohio, but there's 49 other states and they just don't seem to be, those wheels just don't seem to be working in such a way that it's, it's maybe they're just too complex. Well, you know, I think the problem is legal is just one part of the problem. So we, we have to address this as Tory is politically. We, all of us, you know, and I think people are awakening across the country. I see much more, uh, sense that we have to be eternally vigilant to save our freedoms and people are and it's it doesn't come free it's not free yeah. 
People know that freedom is not free. There is a cost to be paid. Tori's paying it with with her life, you know, by running and spending her time and her money and her energy at this. All of us need to get involved in this. Yes. But I mean, you know, we are we are coming around. We need to pay attention, folks. And and when we have uh, people who are wrongfully convicted, I happen to be involved in one here in Ohio. The man served uh, seven or eight years for murder before we managed to get him out. And I'll tell you what, we had to break prison rules in that case to get him out. The actual murderer, this is the Clarence Elkins case, the actual murderer was incarcerated with him for, for another crime. He picked up a cigarette butt, which he's not allowed to do, smuggled it out, and we got DNA testing. That broke a prison rule, but that guy's DNA matched the DNA at the murder scene. He had, we got it right. And That's it unbelievable. Pure luck. <laughs> it's pure luck. It's pure luck. Well, I don't know if it's pure luck. I believe in Providence, too. Well, it... Yes. Well, that's I mean, what it, I wanted to see, Joe. I just, just, just let me say, he's, he's expressing the frustration from other states, why they filed and they haven't moved. Well, God has actually stepped in here. Like, this is divine intervention. Because if I would have been on the GOP ticket, this would not have the solid footing that it has as an independent. That gives me a lot more of my foot in the door to ask these questions because I am from a minority party representation, right? I'm also a minority woman. And, you know, these are questions that are fundamental to our society. So for all those others that are fighting, they have forged the path to, uh, you know, start these conversations. It just so happens that because they attacked me and fought me to get on the ballot, this is where sweet justice walks in and this independent ballot literally slaps them across the face. This is why I'm saying they probably regret not letting me on that GOP ticket. They regret it. So I just wanted to say No, I look I, I think I've been following you since the beginning, right? So I've been I've read briefs and conversations and watched your videos and I keep thinking, why is this not mainstream? Why, you know, I, I was, I helped facilitate stealing elections in 45 other nations. Why is not every news agency in the country picking you up and saying, we need to hear what Tori has to say? Well, Bolton also said it. John Bolton said it on. He said it on TV. Now, Find yes, it. Yes, he did. And it's like, so how am I a conspiracy theorist when he just reinforced it? Like, and this is John Bolton. And almost everybody in the intelligence community probably hearing me saying it is like, damn, she's insane. Why would she say that out loud? And it's like, well, I don't plan on leaving my country's border, so I'm fine as long as I stay here. You know, someone has to say it. We can't just pretend this doesn't exist. And this is a weapon of mass destruction that is being used on the people of the United States and no one is talking about it. And, and, and they want to call me an election denier. And it's like, no, it's common sense. You know, they're, they're, they're painting me with a broad brush. You know, we have the left screaming racism for voter ID, the right screaming voter ID when it's like, hold on a second. If you've never had identity problems, you have no idea how hard this is. And in the state of Ohio, the biggest problem is, is that our BMV, Bureau of Motor Vehicles, is a franchise. 
literally like McDonald's, it's privatized. And then we question why homeless people or people that have lost everything in a fire or went through a divorce can't get their ID. Because you're not dealing with the state government that is in, encouraged and, and mandated to jump through hoops for you. You're dealing with the franchisee. Like, there's the problem. And this is how we fix it. So, so, <laughs> so hold, hold on a second. The DMV is a franchise. Yes. No, come on. Dead serious. I found out by accident. Oh, Kid geez. you not, I found that out by accident. I'm doing a whole when show you... on this. Tori, you're coming back for that <laughs> show no. too. Like, I'm I... telling you, my daughter went to get her permit, and I was on the state side of it where they do the testing, and they were literally you know, not following a court order that I had, you know, like a protection order. And I was like, you have to do, they were like, no, they'll do it on the other side. So I go to the other side and they're like, oh yeah, we're a private company. So we have more leeway to just fix things. I was like, excuse me, what? And it's literally franchise. No, come on. Yep. I can't. Oh, Warner, how do you do this? You're in a legal system that is just so effed. <laughs> well, we got to start somewhere. We might as well start with Tori, start fixing it. I, I think one of the things I wanted to mention, though, Tori is important, is pointing out something that's really important. We have done so many things internationally, you know, that I think are criminal, such as fixing other countries' elections. We simply took the tools that we've developed internationally and we have turned them on our own citizens. That includes things like, you know, the, the debt of cities, counties, and states. It includes the, the, you know, really the gutting of our economy. So we've, we've done things that we've done internationally uh, undercover. Now we've turned all those tools on ourselves and we are just deteriorating our country at this point. So, so this is a place to start, get our elections fixed. That's fundamental. Okay. So, so let's work, let's work the problem because I think the cases that you have are fundamental to us fixing the problem across the country. Let's say they solve the problem before um, some of these cases hit the Supreme court. Does it still have, does it still have standing to be used in other States as a, um, as a, uh, um, you know, a case law? Well, yeah, I mean, we have, because we're doing both equal protection and First Amendment along with Ohio law, it will be case law for the United States. Okay. That's, that's really the key to it. And, and the other key is, and I think this hasn't been emphasized enough, we are focused on the right to association. So these are fundamental First Amendment rights to associate with a candidate and to not be discriminated against as a voter because you're associating with a candidate. That's what's happening. The voters are being discriminated against. Tories being discriminated against. But it's 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 a fundamental right to associate, and that is what gives it national power. So, so there, there's something I want to I want to ask you. They say that they want to anonymize the vote so that nobody knows they can persecute you. But isn't it true that they're using Act Blue and uh, Win Red as an indicator of how they can track people's views and what they actually vote for if they give money to President Trump? That can be actually uh, tracked all the way through, and they're using that as a way to circumvent that process of knowing who you voted for by persecuting people based on personal beliefs. Isn't that isn't that the the exact thing that they're they're advocating that you're not supposed to have access to but they're do, using that a system anyway to, in order to uh, circumvent that it's ab absolutely obvious they they know what we're doing i mean they they take what 30 points of data and they know what what your proclivities are and and everything else about you basically 
So it's very easy to do these days with the massive computer, computing power that's available. Yeah, and in Ohio, over 75% of the population is registered as an independent or not affiliated. So they have been pushing the early voting here in Ohio hard because they want to be able to pre-program the algorithms correctly. Well, and what, what about the people that vote in person? Are they now going to overstate the people that vote in person because people are people that are like you're saying, hey, go vote in person on election day? Are they going to just tweak the, the system so that it makes it, I mean, in Colorado, it's nearly impossible to do a, do a in-person vote now. I mean, are they, are they just going to try and get rid of it altogether so that they can actually dictate what's going to happen in the future for an election? Um, can, I, can I just say something on this? You know how yeah. the Republican Party keeps pushing for voter ID? Mm -hmm. The reason is because then they get fixed numbers of voters. This way, they already can pre-program, especially when they want to move it into blockchain, right? They want, a pro, they want programmable blockchains. So they will be able to program in, we have 7.9 million voters, because a lot of people think the Republican Party is that of the free. It is just as bad as the, they're the same party. Okay. And this is a globalist thing because there is a, a lecture that I had um, attended virtually in 2020, where I had a friend of mine join a discussion on elections with NCC Group. Have you heard of them? Yeah. They actually, most of the escrow and they purchased Iron Mountain. So as I was listening to this, you know, conference, they discussed the imperativeness of voter identification. And these are people from the World Economic Forum, the UN, right? These are all globalists and all foreign nations. And the idea is we give everyone voter ID, then we have established a voter. So we know the numbers that are allowed to come out. There will be no, oh, I just moved here thing. You either have a voter ID or you don't, right? It will not be recognized on the blockchain. And this is the whole thing. They don't even have to campaign. Look at them. Are they coming out? No, they're not. They don't go and speak. They don't They don't ask for your vote because they already have the data to know how you're going to vote. The only places they turn up in are the places that they believe need a little bit of a nudge to well, vote all blue or all red because this is the mentality every citizen has been trained to do. Vote straight red, straight blue. Don't vote in between because there's dilution. And then you ask yourself, how is anything diluted if we all vote? for the same thing, which is free, right? We should be able to vote. You see them sending cards, vote like this. I it's like an instruction booklet to citizens how they should think. And then these are the same people that are telling you that they fight for freedom. And it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't, it's like pro-lifers. You can't say that you're against abortion, but you're pro-capital punishment, right? I'm sorry, I'm against killing anything. Right. Even even the worst criminals. In fact, I want them to live and face their themselves in a mirror every single day because that's can we, what can we can we stretch them out? Like, can we stretch them out till like their arms pop out of socket, make them walk uh, around? We don't like do that. that anymore. We used to we used <laughs> to hang people in town squares <laughs> with popcorn and disembowel them, you know, in the public right. square. The punishment. We don't do that anymore. But All right. uh, I'm saying, you know, we need to be not hypocrites and using double speak. Well, I'm right. a hypocrite. We, well, I, I'm I a hypocrite because if somebody if somebody hurt my family, if someone hurt as my someone family, someone who has had someone hurt her family, I'm telling I know. you. You just have. Well, I, I, 
Joe, can I interject here a minute? Yeah. You, you and I were both just talking about people who were wrong, wrongfully convicted. And the, and the man who uh, we worked with and, and, and worked on his case, you know, he was wrongfully convicted of murder of his mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, he, and he was somebody who definitely could have faced the death penalty, but he was innocent. And it took eight years to get him out. So, I mean, that, and that's actually a very short time. But, uh, you know, so we have a number. That's the problem with capital punishment in my book is that I, I don't want to sacrifice one innocent citizen. I don't. Yeah. If they're innocent, they need to have a way out. And that's the problem. And, and I know, you know, it seems to us all that there is, you know, clearly so-and-so murdered so-and-so. But there's just too many cases now that Innocence Project has, has shown. Oh, I agree. I agree. Exactly. I agree. And we have to have that protection. Now, if somebody is you know, done something horrific. Uh, I want them off the streets forever. That That's not it. And then the other thing, think about this. The capital punishment has created a, a whole legal industry around that that costs millions and millions of dollars for each prisoner. So we don't need, we do not need to be wasting taxpayer money on it. Let's lock them up, throw away the key, you know, and, 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 and make sure that, that society is safe. But we cannot take the risk that we kill innocent people. We just can't. And I'm going to I'm going to say one more thing about that since we're off. We're getting off our subjects, I guess. But I I do want to say something about this. I think that violence in society as a whole uh, is sometimes a follow on to government violence. So as our government engages violently internationally and does violent things like killing people, I think that affects the population to an extent and that and that violence is authorized. I, yeah. I want to deauthorize violence as a way to do it. We need to be able to have arguments. We need to have legal battles, but we do not need to get violent with each other. So that's yeah. I, I'm worried about that, and that's kind of what I see there. So, so, so I agree and, and, with and you. Let me just chime in, well, yeah, just chime in on something that the Warner was saying. So, like I said, I have been on the receiving end of heinous crimes conducted against me and my family, and I struggle every day to not want to see that person hang. Right. But on on top of that, what Warner said is we have been completely desensitized. Right. As a nation, because of the activities that we have done, again, we had John Bolton come out and say we're overthrowing governments we don't like. Like, who are we to go into another nation and tell them what's right or wrong? I remember in 1999, during the first discussion of stealing elections, I said, wait a minute, are we picking their leaders? And they said, I'm, what are you, nuts? Are, we can't have people picking leaders. That would be chaos. And I was like, uh, I was a little bit confused. But on the other hand, I was trained to say, well, I'm doing what's best for my nation's interests, right? And that's what every soldier does. And this is why we have issues with PTSD when they come back, right? Because um, they have a conflict so- in their heart, right? They have a conflict in their heart. Yes. Exactly. And and that's something nobody wants to talk about. The systemic issues. You know, we talk gun control. How are you going to talk about gun control when the value of life is like this much? You know, we used to have guns in school lockers by students themselves that were going hunting and there were no shootouts, right? People would walk around and have them laying around in a car. No one would steal it and shoot people. It's society as a whole. We have minimized life. We have, you know, states like Oregon that pass laws that, you know, let's just starve mentally ill patients so they die faster. Like, this is law. Like, you know, let's, or laws in states that say, oh, let's, uh, you know, legalize and make human remains fertilizer. Like, this is legit stuff. These aren't conspiracy theories. Or Illinois saying that 14-year-olds can select to be organ donors. 
they, they don't even know what lunch table they're sitting at in high school, right? Let's not get into organ donation, right? This is These are serious issues that we have as a society. And now we're promoting, you know, unaliving yourself. That's a new word, right? Where you could just choose to not exist anymore and throw a party. And we'll welcome it with balloons and you'll have a party and there's hotels. They, I mean, this is insanity. And they're and their response is let's just take everybody's guns and it's like oh yeah so you the one that makes these crazy laws has them but we don't the whole okay. purpose of this government is to defend so, ourselves so i'm getting but, yelled at to get back on tar on track but i love the fact that we are more complex than republican and democrat and that we are more complex and we have we have things that we that we that pain us right and we have different ways to it, it really and we're going to have another show on it because i want you on for another reason Tori, I want you on to talk about the things that you literally met me with. You're like, hi, Joe. How, it's so great to meet you. And I was like, it's so great to meet you. And then you're like, and then, by the way, I, I'm, I did this stuff. And I was like, stop it. So I want to have that show. On this right, though, I got to get to the meat of, of this case and this lawsuit. Because this is important. People need to be following this lawsuit. They need to be understanding what you're doing as it relates to um, the election observers and the why. This is super important to me because I think that it's it's a bigger, you know, as you said, Warner, it, it happens fast. You got to file a brief. It's due tomorrow, right? Um, this case, you had a social post that you put up. I think you just put it up. Put up C1 if you would. And and this says today I filed a C, uh, suit in the Supreme Court as I feel as an independent candidate, I am not afforded the same rights as those flying under the corporate banners of the GOP and the DNC. In addition, the qualified voters will not be heard with the machine counting ballots since I am not allowed to observe and inspect the counting of the ballots. Ohio needs to have an election with no machines. You can't hack paper. Hashtag SOS modest. Um, tell me about this case. One of you tell me about the case. I read it. It's awesome, and it's super simple. You're the lawyer. <laughs> I, I mean, it is so simple. There, there just—I mean, there isn't. Uh, and and I'll, I'll rehash. I mean, the case basically—it's she, as a candidate. <clears throat> sorry, as an independent candidate, she has to go through a different process in order to get election observers in place. This is the first. This is step one. So she actually has to have four other candidates agree with her to appoint election observers throughout 88 counties in Ohio. Well, guess what? The other candidates are Republican and Democrat. Uh, the Republicans aren't gonna do it because they kicked her off the Republican ballot. The Democrats aren't gonna do it because you know she had uh, been a previous Republican. So there is nowhere for her to turn. She's not gonna get four other candidates to support her elections observers. And in fact, to set up the case, we had, you know, Tory reached out to the candidates and all of them and said, hey, I need four of you to come on board from, you know, so we tried to use this complex process, you know, to be able to say to the Supreme Court, which we figured would happen, is that this complex process for independence is not going to work. And oh, lo and behold, it didn't work. I don't think, Tori, you, you'll have to tell me that. I don't think a single candidate got back to you. And there were a slew of emails that went out trying to touch base with those campaigns. Is that correct? Nobody's still today. Nobody's gotten back to you. That's is correct. That correct. Candidates 
yes, candidates that are campaigning on patriotism and freedom didn't respond, and nor did the Democrats that are campaigning on, you know, inclusiveness and, and diversity of minorities. So both sides didn't answer, and we're talking big names. I didn't go to just the little guys. I went to all, of, you know, as many as I could, and nobody responded, which tells you exactly what the issue is. If you are not in the red or blue cage, you are not allowed or afforded a platform and you should not be heard. That's basically the bottom line. And so, that is a constitutional crisis. So you're invisible then. Yes. Let, let's use the words. They want to make Americans invisible. That's it for part one of this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Part two is coming up next and you don't want to miss it. Thanks for listening. God bless America.